Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello again, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to Leading Off with True Blue LA. I'm Eric Steven. And it's Monday, June 6th. Uh, this is the second week of our uh, Monday through Friday daily morning podcast at True Blue, Blue, True Blue LA. Um, I'll get that out eventually. Um, last week, you know, was the first week we did it. So um, taking you behind the curtain a little bit, the um, first episode uh, recorded well in advance. This one um, recording on Sunday night. I uh, wanted to wait until... The Dodgers-Mets series was over, it was four games, and it was a pretty fun matchup. Like, it, it reminded me a little bit, um, maybe not quite, but kind of like the um, the early season Dodgers-Padres matchups uh, in 2021. They met like, I think it was like nine or ten times in the first two months, and it was just like every series had like some like compelling thing, uh, either in San Diego or L.A., this wasn't quite that. Like, it would have been great if if DeGrom and Scherzer were healthy or Kershaw was healthy. But we'll get to Kershaw a little bit here. But um, it was still a very good matchup against the uh, the two best offenses in the National League. And, and um, you know, I guess outside of maybe outside of the Yankees, the, possibly the best two in the majors. Um, there was, I don't know, it seemed like one of those series where everyone sort of got what they want. It was a split. Uh, four pretty good games. There were two close games, two games that were wide margins, although they were close at some point, and then one team just pulled away. You had star performances. Uh, Pete Alonso uh, for the Mets homered Friday. He hit two home runs Saturday. 
uh, hit the go-ahead double on Sunday. Uh, Mookie Betts had five hits, including a three-run double on Saturday that briefly gave the Dodgers the lead. He was 0 for 5 on Sunday. Uh, Freddie Freeman ended the series with a couple of two-hit games to break out of a little uh, slump he was in. Trey Turner homered on Sunday. That's a good sign. But, yeah, the Dodgers won the first two games, lost the last two. I think for them it's probably a little more disappointing just because it was directly following the uh, getting swept by the Pirates, and then it looked like they were sort of turning things around, and then they lose the two games over the weekend. Like the, the bizarre thing is, so I guess not bizarre if you've been watching this team, but Tony Gonsolin and and um, Tyler Anderson both pitched six scoreless innings in the first two games of the series. They won those games, and and then you know Walker Bueller, Julio Urias going like, hey, the Dodgers could get something going here. And they lost both of those games. Uh, Bueller particularly didn't pitch well. He he was actually pulled in the third inning. Uh, he only pitched two and a third. It was his shortest outing of his career. Um, he had the third inning itself was like a one of those sort of blow up innings, and um, I think it was one of those where they tend to avoid like making a, a pitcher go go like uh, just a super long inning. Plus the game was sort of getting away from him at that point. You. You know, it, it's it's there was a lot of I grew up watching uh, baseball. Obviously, pitchers p- used to pitch longer, but there were also the um, more, much more often the early hook where like, you know he just doesn't have it tonight, and they they take him out. Um, Urias wasn't um, necessarily bad on Sunday, although he was not efficient and he uh, threw a lot of pitches, especially early, and then he was he couldn't get through six, and then. That sort of cost them in playing a little catch-up in a bullpen that were was down a couple of people. So, and one particularly um, <laughs> per, uh, large person that probably would have pitched in a normal situation. But yeah, the the other thing that's sort of memorable about this series was bullpen shenanigans. Um, the The big thing was uh, the, the most memorable thing was Saturday night. Um, the Dodgers, uh, after that, uh, the second Pete Alonso homer and then the, the Mets rally, they were they won that game 9-4, and uh, it was 9-4 heading into the ninth. And the Dodgers turned, wanted to turn to Zach McKinstry to save the aforementioned um, uh, d- sort of tax bullpen. Keep in mind, this was, this is, these are the final two games of their stretch of 31 games in 30 days. Um they, you know, so they they were. I think this was seven, 17 days in a row after their last off day, the one off day they had in the middle of that. So you can understand a little bit from where they're were coming from there. But my my big thing, like I think I've said this before on uh, our sort of weekly podcast, I don't, I'm not a fan of um, the current 14 man pitching staff. Uh, it's going to go to 13 in a few weeks unless they agree to extend that even further. But um, and. I can't tell if it's actually bad or if it's if if it's just me like being nostalgic for the baseball I grew up with when they had like ten or eleven man pitching staffs for the entire season. You know, now you're gonna you you'd be hard pressed to find a team that doesn't have mid twenties number of pitchers uh, throw a pitch for a team throughout the year, um, and there's just so much like churn. Um, I think it. it it's hard to sort of get away from that a little bit. And obviously you're not going to go from what we have now to back what the eighties were or whatever, but I I can't 
tell if it's just a it's literally just nostalgia or if it's actually bad like it's bad in the sense that um you know players pr- get a little bit more devalued especially um if not necessarily on the Dodgers because they they generally have had pretty strong starters although they used a lot of bullpen games last year too i think that was more injury related than anything but it tends to de- it devel- it helps devalue the starter um, they put in the new CBA the um, limit of five options per season uh, for players who go back and forth as sort of a quality of life thing. So maybe that'll cut down on the roster churn. I just think that also there's the the whole go as hard as you can, as long as you can um, mentality. Whereas I think a lot of times, you know, it might be better served to just like ease up a little bit. (laughs) Like you don't have to always go so hard. And maybe that's why the, you know, if pitchers were, um, you know, forced to, uh, like either through not enough pitchers available on a team or by starters going longer because they don't have as many pitchers, maybe they're, they don't have to like max out every single inning and then it maybe the strikeout rates uh, league-wide go down because of that. I don't know. I, I'm just sort of spitballing here. So maybe there's something to that. But the, the issue was on Saturday, back to this, um, you cannot bring a position player to pitch in if the unless the lead or deficit is six runs or more. Now, this rule has actually been in place uh, since the start of the 2020 season. It was agreed to uh, in March 2019. They they sort of uh, the Players Association and Major League Baseball came together uh, with a, a bunch of different rule changes. There was the you know, the the two way two way player rule. This was when they first came up with the 13 pitcher limit. All this stuff. Now it was staggered. Some of the the rules went into effect in 2019. Some were 2020. That was the case with the position player thing. I think it was a response to a couple years back. We've just Position player pitching uh, used to be a novelty, and then it became a couple years ago um, just overly done, and it just it got old really fast. And I think baseball was was kind of responding to that, so they instituted that rule. However, um, because of the pandemic, um, and then sort of having to adjust on the fly and under the guise of safety protocols, the reason a lot of the pitcher limits were relaxed the last few years the the position player restriction was also relaxed so they've been going on uh, under the normal assumption the last two years of being able to bring in a position player literally whenever you want um just last year uh one of the days when the dodgers were sort of uh needed to save an inning and uh, they had justin turner pitch they were down only five nothing in that game um and then so the same situation here. They're down five runs in the ninth. However, be, the rule this year, it went into place, actually went into place on May 2nd. It was relaxed for that first month when rosters were expanded because of the shortened spring after the lockout. It'd be It's going to be great next year, knock on wood, to uh, have a normal, a normal off season and a normal season, you know, with some semblance of like uh, – I guess normalcy, I keep saying that word, I guess, but uh, it'll be interesting to sort of go into a year without having to be like, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, this rule that's on the books, we're not going to really do it just yet, but so maybe that's hard to get used to. So 
um, they had McKinstry go out, and and then the umpires said, no, you can't do that. And then, you know, on one hand, like, it was first thought that um, Buck Showalter, like, objected to it. But at the same time, like, I don't, I'm not sure if a manager would ever object to this, like, getting his team to face a position player. I get, you know, I, I'm failing to see how that would hurt his team. That wasn't the case. It was the umpires. And then, you know, for all the flack, like, um, rightfully so, right? It's all, it's a rule. The teams should know the rule. It's their job. Um, like, Bob Guerin specifically is is known as a, um, like, he knows the rule book in and out. So, like, it was just a, a faux pas that uh, Dave Roberts and, and Bob Guerin sort of let that one slip by. But you can sort of understand why, given the sort of state of baseball and how it's gone the last couple years. Um, but the, the funny part is, is even after the game, uh, Buck Showalter told reporters that he didn't really know the rule either. So it was like, it wasn't like some big strategic, uh, blunder that, uh, proved that, you know, Roberts is inferior to Showalter or anything like that. It was just, it was just a weird, um, thing that ultimately didn't, I, I guess it, you, you could argue it mattered because, um, Dave Roberts said he w- he wanted to have um, Evan Phillips uh, pitched two innings on Sunday, you know, um, as part of that game. He was the one who sort of had to quickly warm up. It, that was the other thing. It was sort of a mockery because uh, on Saturday because there was about a 10, 12-minute delay while Evan Phillips was warming up to get ready to come in, um, sort of impromptu because he wasn't planning on it. So then he ended up pitching the last inning which sort of cut into his outing on Sunday. Um, and then the Dodgers sort of, this was sort of the, um, I guess the 2018 World Series um, uh, where it, it, like the relievers, you just use enough relievers where it's, it's if, if one, all it takes is one person to have a bad day and you're going to have a, a bad day. Now this wasn't like a bullpen game, so it's not, completely analogous i guess i was i'm going for something different here the 2018 world series was more um it seemed like everyone dave roberts went to in that game four where they had a lead looked like they were going to tie the series and then you know every almost every single reliever dave roberts brought in was bad so it wasn't it wasn't like that it was just and then no matter what anytime a reliever does poorly it's going to look bad for the manager because it's just how it goes. Like, why did you bring this guy in? He failed, you know, that kind of a thing. Whereas today, uh, Daniel Hudson uh, was not available uh, because he threw uh, back-to-back games um, Thursday and Friday. And on Friday, uh, the second of those, he uh, pitched uh, inning in two-thirds. So a, a pretty long outing for a back-to-back in just given how the Dodgers usually use their pitchers. And uh, throughout most of the last few years, they've anytime a pitcher goes like two days in a row, they try to get them like two days rest afterwards. Now it's not – they always check in, right? Like you're, you're going to test – I think this is a scenario where because it was a longer outing that second game, uh, he got extra rest. So – he was unavailable Sunday, so that led to the thing. Phillips couldn't go two innings, so that led to, you know, perhaps using people early. Um, uh, Bruzdar Gratterall had to get out of a jam in the seventh, and then he gave up two doubles to tie it in the eighth, and then uh, after he, um, and then a, a, a single to 
give up the lead and then another run scored after he left. Uh, he also gave up a three-run home run to Alonzo on Saturday. So I, I think, honestly, a lot of this, it's like less like, oh, Dave Roberts failed here more than like Bruce Gratterall had a bad game. Like I think, or a bad weekend, I guess. So a manager's never going to look good when his relievers aren't doing well. So it's it's more that it is weird because it can be maddening, like following like reliever usage because especially like the Craig Kimbrell's usage this year has just been weird. I think a lot of it has to do with they have had a lot of like blowouts um, one way or the other, or like maybe a close loss that he didn't get into. So he'll go stretches where he just doesn't pitch. And then they're trying to get him more regular work. So same thing sort of went for Hudson on on Thursday. He came in to, um, or I guess on on Friday, came in to sort of pitch a, you know, I guess a game that wasn't as cl- close. But you could argue like I don't know, maybe I'm just I'm just sort of spitballing here. But the I guess the maddening thing is they. They stayed. It's not really maddening because they trust Gratterall um, to get. They like he would have been the setup guy if 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 things had gone well in the eighth. He just didn't. Right. He just didn't didn't get the outs. So they've trusted him before, like getting big outs. I don't think that's the the problem. But then you you could argue like then they use Kimbrel after uh, down uh, two runs because he hadn't pitched in a few days. So. He, they're trying to get him more regular use. So he, like every almost every three days, basically that's has been his mo. He pitched three out of four um, about a week ago, and then they got him in Thursday. Then they got him in Sunday. So I, and they have Monday off. So I think they were going. He's going to pitch. So you could argue if he was going to pitch, why not pitch the eighth? But then it comes down to then who pitches the ninth. Uh, had you know say Kimbrel gotten through the eighth unscathed. And then you're still going to probably go to Gratterall in that situation anyway. So it's not that out of the question, like how they sort of maneuvered it. It is, it appears maddening in hindsight, perhaps just because, oh, great, they're Kimbrell barely pitches in safe situations, and then they bring him in in a two run um, when they're down two runs. And then they, after all that, they almost ended up winning. Like Kimbrell ended up giving up an unearned run in the extra innings. Um, on Sunday, because the Dodgers never seem to do well in extra innings, they actually came back and tied it in the ninth and then lost in the tenth. It, it was another uh, weird thing that the Dodgers are really bad in extra innings the last two years. Um, they had about as good of a chance as possible. They were down a run, but they're you know they're at home. They start the inning with Gavin Lux on second. Then they have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner uh, coming up in the tenth, and that's as good of a situation you can have to try to score a run. And they didn't, so just uh, just a weird uh, series. And, you know, uh, a series like that can be memorable for many reasons, good and bad, and I think this was it. But it was entertaining, for sure, um, and it would it's probably going to be fun if they if these two teams happen to be uh, to meet in the playoffs, whether it's the division series or the NLCS or something. Um, they're two really good teams and sort of looking forward to seeing what they have to offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another thing, uh, Edwin Rios, um, he's going to be out a while. Uh, this was uh, on Friday. Uh, I believe he injured his hamstring, I guess, on Thursday. He injured it. Um, and you never like to hear the phrase uh, hamstring tore off the bone. I believe Hyunjin Ryu had that a few years ago. I think that was with the groin injury, but it's never good to hear that. And I, They don't really know exactly how long it's going to be, but I, the phrase Dave Roberts used, I believe, was handful of weeks. So uh, it's never going to be good with that. Um, they, the Dodgers on that gauntlet stretch went 19-12. and 12. Again, that's really good, especially given that it was over 30 days. Um, but it does feel like it could have been a lot better considering they, they were two and five at home this last week, including getting swept by the pirates. And I think just the way some of the losses happen are probably a little more frustrating, but, um, there is some, some good news. Uh, we talked, uh, last Friday on this episode, um, uh, about, uh, rehab weekend happening. Um, so Andrew Heaney pitched Saturday for Oklahoma city, went three innings, He's going to go, I believe, four innings his next time out for them. Max Muncy played two games uh, for Oklahoma City, uh, one at third base, one at second base. Um, so it's he's sort of open-ended as to how long Muncy's going to be on his rehab. He technically could be activated uh, Tuesday when the Dodgers start a series in Chicago. Who knows if he needs more rehab? We'll, we'll find out in a couple days, I'm sure. Um, but with Kershaw, he pitched um, – locally here in Ranch Cucamonga on Sunday. Now, there was some question going in about uh, whether he would go. I guess the the thought was he'd go three innings, and if all goes well, he'd, he'd maybe pitch a fourth or possibly pitch a fourth inning in the bullpen. He ended up throwing a lot of strikes um, in the game. He ended up pitching four innings. He threw 59 pitches. Um, 44 of them were strikes. Now, it's, it's always fun um, – Listening to Mike Linscog, who's the play-by-play uh, announcer for the Quakes, he's really good. He was—he's—he uh, was especially fired up, I thought, during Kershaw's outing. You know, it was a sellout crowd uh, there, and he was having a good time with it. But the the fun part—one of the fun parts was in the first inning, um, Kershaw was laboring a little bit. He allowed a double off the wall, and I think he walked a guy. And Linscog was going on and on about how, like in previous years, the Dodgers. Uh, haven't allowed like a, a rehabbing pitcher to go past 35 pitches in an inning. In, in an inning, you know you don't want to put undue stress, that kind of a thing. So they they pulled guys um, on a rehab assignment, even if their their goal was to stretch out, and then they just go work in the bullpen or something. But uh, he's talking about this 35 pitch limit, like the for like three batters in the first inning, and I wasn't I didn't have the box score open, so I was like, wow, how many pitches is he throwing? And then. Um, Litzcock had a cool story about one of uh, Rich Hill rehab start with uh, Rancho a few years back. And I believe the way he told it was uh, p- pitch number 35 was a 3-2 curveball. 
that had had it properly been called a strike, as it was described by Linscog, um, it would have gotten Rich Hill out of the inning, but it was called a ball. And then Rich Hill got pulled, and he was he um, he had some uh, profanities apparently to say, or he was very fired up, let's say, um, at, at his response to that. Um, more the call than getting taken out, although I think they were related. But anyway, after all this talk of thirty-five pitches, Kershaw got out of the first inning jam, and then. He, the, the way Linscog was sort of talking about it, it was it sounded like almost like a countdown. Like, how many pitches does he have left? He might not pitch past the first inning. And then he ended the first inning, and, he, and Kershaw had 22 pitches. <laughs> so just to, I, I laughed out loud when I heard that because I, I thought he was, like, butting up against 35. Didn't know what was going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, Kershaw allowed a home run in the second inning. He allowed that double off the wall in the first. He had another long drive that was caught, uh, I think, near the center field wall by Jake Vogel. Other than that, was I mean, it was mostly fine. The results, they don't saying they don't matter is a stretch. They don't. It's more how the pitcher feels and if, what they're working on and getting stretched out, that kind of thing. That said, they obviously everyone likes results. Kershaw, especially, he always wants to throw zeros no matter the situation. So, um, yeah, it really comes down to how how his like lower back and sort of pelvic region, the SI joint, uh, how that feels tomorrow. But um, Dave Roberts, uh, after the Dodgers game on Sunday, because uh, Kershaw was done uh, long before then, uh, he said his next uh, game is going to be with the Dodgers. So it looks like that's going to be next weekend in San Francisco, probably Sunday, um, which would be giving, give him a one week of rest. And then it allows, I've, you know, the Dodgers right now for the White Sox series have Mitch White starting Tuesday, and then they go through the rotation again. So I would imagine they go through the same four they did with the Mets, unless depending on how they want to handle Walker Bueller. Um, he, he, by all accounts, he's not hurt. He's just been ineffective, especially with the fastball. But, you know, it's one of those things he's just going to work through. Um, so, you know, I don't think that means they like skip him. Or give him a few extra days. Maybe they do. I don't even know. But um, it looks like Kershaw's going at some point next weekend in San Francisco, where he always seems to pitch well. But yeah, so that's that's a little bit quicker than I uh, a couple weeks ago would have expected, um, just given where Kershaw was at. So that's some good news. Um, yeah, it was a fun series. The Dodgers are back on the road this week, uh, playing at the White Sox for three games uh, after today's off day, and then they play next week uh, against the Giants in San Francisco. Should be fun. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about later this week. Uh, Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. (laughs) 